Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. excited to tell you about an opportunity that's coming next year. Starting January 6th, we're going to be hosting a book club. Now you've listened to the podcast Nourish It Repeat, but did you know that the name is after a book I wrote in 2019 called Nourish It Repeat, A Busy Woman's Guide to a Healthier Mind, Body, and Life. We're going to be doing a deep dive into each chapter of the book all while sharing our struggles and our successes around food, our health, and busy schedules. Cost of the program is only $25, and it includes the book, access to the live book club meetings, and private Facebook community page. And if you happen to miss a meeting or two because it doesn't work with your schedule, we're going to be recording the session so you can watch the replay at your convenience. Again, Book Club starts Fridays at noon for nine weeks starting January 6th, and I can't wait for you to join me as we do this deep dive discussion. You can join the book club by going to bodymetricshealth.com or find us on all our socials, Facebook and Instagram at bodymetricshealth, and click on the link to join. We'll see you there. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Well... I have some news to share. I have another driver in the house. So let me back up. Not technically a driver on his own, but another permit-holding child in my house. My second son, Parker, just passed his driver's permit test. And so far, we have gone out two times to drive. And... I would say it's going well. So out of all my kids, I think Parker is going to be the one that's the easiest to teach. He's the most grounded. Uh, He's very aware of his surroundings at all times. He doesn't get wound up. He's very even keeled. Um, And he's just, he's like I said, he's very level-headed. And I I think he's going to do well. Plus, the kid is always driving a four-wheeler or a tractor. And I just, I think he's going to get this easily. So the very first time we drive, we go to the high school and we're driving around the parking lot. For whatever reason, he's obsessed with parking. He constantly wants to pull into parking spots. I was telling my friend this and she's like, well, of course, his name's Parker, Parker the Parker which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know what that's all about because Jake never had this parking spot fetish thing going on. But uh, Parker does. He loves to park the car. And um, he was doing so well that I let him drive home. Now, we live about a half a mile from the school, pretty much a straight shot, two turns, uh, two if you count the turn to go into our alley which goes up to our driveway and so he's doing great we're going down the road and we start to approach a pretty 
you know, a pretty big turn. It, it's like pretty much a, a full left-hand turn. I'm like, Parker, you need to start braking. Parker, start, start braking. Parker, slow down, slow down, slow down. The kid says nothing. He says nothing at all, nothing to acknowledge that I've said to slow down. He's not slowing down. I mean, I guess in, you know, in his favor, he's not speeding up like Jake did. Jake used to go slow down the road and then take the turns with acceleration, like the whip ride at amusement parks. So he wasn't doing that. So I guess that's a step in the right direction. But I like, do you even hear me? Parker, I'm talking to you. He's like, bruh, relax. It's good. I got this. As if his three minutes of holding a permit trumps my 30 some years of driving. He's like, mom, relax. What are you doing? It's fine. I'm good. I said, like, uh, no, 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 no. Like there is no parts of this that is okay. Like if I'm giving you instruction, you need to acknowledge that I don't know what's going on. And um, we did get home safely, but I guess that was my bad. I, you know, I had these assumptions and these expectations of how I thought he would be at driving and uh, we should have stayed in the parking lot. <laughs> And we will be staying in the parking lot for a few more times until he can acknowledge when I give him instruction. I need him to listen. Today's topic has a lot to do with mindset, right? Parker wants me to change the way I'm approaching this driving teacher ed thing as if I've got it all wrong and he's in total control. He wants me to change my mindset. And for a lot of us, when it comes to nutrition, Changing our mindset is what we absolutely should be focusing on. Absolutely. But instead, we're like, no, 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 I got this. I'm just going to keep doing what I've always been doing because eventually it's going to work out. I got it. Bruh, relax. Oh, the bruh thing drives me crazy. Uh, I don't know about any of you parents. I'm waiting for this to go away and to be replaced by another slang word, but... Um, this one can be over sooner than later. But today I want to talk about, like I said, I want to talk about diet mindsets that have to go. All right. The, the mindset of a, a dieter, that dieter's identity, the one where we, uh, our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors are those of somebody who's constantly dieting. They need to be, they need to be reworked. They need to be reviewed. They need to be rewritten is honestly what needs to happen. And a lot of that happens with mindset. Now, we know mindset is an important piece because we see people doing things differently. They have different thoughts about food. They have different thoughts about their body image. They have different thoughts about eating. And if we studied them, we would start to question, why do they think about things differently than I do? And how do I make that shift? Because the loop of trying to stay in that dieter's identity and dieter's mindset will leave you extremely frustrated, but if nothing else, it will make you gain weight. You'll lose a couple, you'll gain some, and plus some. And then you'll lose some, you'll gain some, and plus some. And the cycle of, you know, constantly, you know, lose, gain, lose, gain, plus some, feeling bad about yourself, it's not working, I think we can all agree it's not working. So today I'm specifically going to talk about four 
beliefs that absolutely have to shift if you want to be successful with weight loss. And so normally I talk about health and weight loss and nutrition, but today specifically, I am talking all about weight loss. So if this does not pertain to you, then you can shut this episode off now and tune in next week for um, a topic that might apply to you more. Uh, But this week, I'm talking to the people that are looking for weight loss and why they continue to feed into that cycle over and over again. And if they're ready to stop, we're going to do the work. All right, we're going to do the work. So number one, all right, I got four for you today. Number one is here is a myth. We believe that people who are successful with weight loss have a goal weight and then they don't give up until they reach it. They, they come up with a, a goal and then they, they're laser focused and they do all the things and that is how they reach their, their goal. Right? They're, they're very driven. They have a lot of willpower, a lot of motivation. And here's truth. People who are successful realize it's not about a goal weight, but it's about a goal life. And here's a secret that they also know. The journey never ends. People who are successful with weight loss go at a sustainable pace because they realize there is no finish line. Like, honestly, this is going to sound very morbid, but the finish line is death. People who are successful with weight loss realize that nutrition and their health is constantly shifting based off of stages of life, based off of extraneous circumstances, etc. Right? They realize that nutrition will constantly need to shift and pivot and they don't get flustered. Like it, it's okay. I realize as my body transitions through different stages of life, I might have to do things differently and I'm okay with it. I'm not resistant to it. And oh my gosh, now I got to come up with a whole new way of doing things. And I'm so confused and I don't know what to do. There's none of that. There's a calmness. There's flexibility. There's reason. They're responsive versus reactive. They're committed. They realize that some of this is going, you know, it's going to take action. And they're okay with not having it all figured out before they take action steps. Okay? So this nutrition thing is for life. Like you are you have this body for your entire life. And they realize that this is a long game. This is not a sprint. I think where a lot of people go wrong is you know, when they have this dieter's mindset, they're constantly looking for shortcuts. They're constantly looking for, okay, what did this person do? Let me just copy what they did and do the same thing. And then I'll get the same results. Whereas somebody who's in it for the long game realizes that they've got to, they got to take some time and study their bodies and become aware of how they respond in different situations. They want to learn what are the best techniques and tools. They're a a student of themselves, and they don't get worked up about that. 
You know, we need to shift from an answer seeker, one that, you know, just crams and tries to do all the right things and hopes to get the same results as other people, to one of a problem solver, one who understands and identifies all the different ways that they respond how they respond in different situations, you know, their preferences, their, you know, behaviors, and they figure out how to do this long term. So again, they shift from an answer seeker to a problem solver. They realize that it's about the journey. It is not just about this one finite moment where they need to conquer it and then they go back to old habits. So that's mindset number one uh, that needs to shift if you want to be successful with weight loss. A second myth that people believe, uh, especially those that are struggling, is they believe that people who are successful have made their weight their life's purpose. When in reality, people who are successful with weight loss work on changing habits over time. Listen, micromanaging is not sustainable. Remember, the goal is to feel good. Most of us will say, oh, no, the goal is to lose weight. But honestly, the the ultimate goal is to feel good about yourself. And we will never feel good about ourselves if we're constantly beating ourselves up and criticizing and judging our actions. See, that's the thing with diet culture. It tricks us into thinking our self-confidence will improve with restriction, but all it does is damages it. Like, honestly, how can we have more self-esteem and more self-confidence when we're constantly beating ourselves up? It just doesn't make sense. We are not on this earth to micromanage our intake. We are not on this earth to be defined by a number on a scale. When you're constantly focused on a weight, a specific number on the scale, it keeps you from using your time and energy in a more productive way. I mean, honestly, think about it. How could you impact the world if you didn't spend so much mental energy focused on achieving a goal number? A number that doesn't even matter. Honestly, no one cares what your weight is. It's not like that's how we define people. Oh, Rachel? Oh, Rachel, the one that weighs 135. Oh, yeah, I know her. Nobody has ever said that. You know, oh, the one, you know... Lizzie, who wears her weight on her shirt every day and tells us what her number is, nobody even knows what your weight is. And honestly, nobody cares. This is not what you want to be remembered for at your funeral. Like when you're 80, you're not going to be thinking about, you know what? I really shouldn't have eaten that cheeseburger when I was with my family on vacation. You're going to be thinking, I wish I ate that cheeseburger and made more memories with my kids. That's what you'll probably be thinking. But we get so wrapped up in our head that we think, you know, we, again, we have to be laser focused and micromanage and, and be motivated and all these things if we're ever going to reach our goal. Um, but that's not how it works. People who are successful 
work on changing habits over time. I remember when I went to a, a conference, an obesity conference to be certified in obesity and weight management. And the, um, the guy that was the psychologist, uh, portion of the, of the, um, oh goodness, what is it called? The, the continuing ed units, like the conference. Oh my goodness. The conference. Can you tell it's like eight o'clock at night and I probably shouldn't be taping at night. (laughs) Um, but the psychologist of the conference was like, you need to tell your clients to get a life. This cannot be the only thing that they focus on. It's not going to work. If you are looking for happiness to come from a certain body shape or from a certain number on the scale, you're never going to be completely happy because your weight constantly shifts. You might see it for a second and then it's going to go away again. You're going to, if, if your body shape is the only way to achieve happiness, then when you fall short and you feel bad about yourself, guess what's going to be your comfort at night? Food. Because that's usually our default coping strategy whenever something goes wrong. So we set ourselves up for these unrealistic expectations. And then the minute we don't hit it because you know, we mess up or, you know, we try to do too many things at once. Then we feel bad and we say, screw it. Why do I even bother? And we eat it all. And around and around we go. So that actually leads us to myth number three or mindset shift that needs to change. So another myth is people who are successful. This is what we think that people who are successful overhaul the way they eat and exercise. They just do a complete 180. They decide, I want to change my habits, and they change all their eating habits, and they change all their exercise habits. When in reality, people who are successful overhaul their mindset. They realize it's not about just changing the food and exercise, because honestly, they've done that before. They've done it for you know, a couple days, they may have done it for a couple weeks, they may have even done it for a couple months. And then they always revert to old habits. So they're realizing people who are truly successful realize this has something more to do that's beyond food and exercise. This is how I think about food, how I think about my body, how I think about health. And they realize that that has to shift first. And then the rest of it just gets easier. I just had a client this week and oh my goodness, I was so happy for her. She's just doing phenomenal. And she looked at me and she's like, I have never done this before in this way. And you know what? I mean, afraid to say it out loud, but it's really easy. And I just looked at her. I'm like, that's how it's supposed to be. You're not fighting yourself anymore. You don't have these ridiculous expectations that you'll never meet. You change the way you think about things. And from doing that, the nutrition and the exercise and all that just kind of happens on its own with not as much effort. And that feels good. And when you can do that, you feel good about yourself. It gives you the confidence 
and the momentum to keep doing the things because you love how much you feel. You love that your your mind isn't weighed down with all these ridiculous shoulds and needs to and has to. And instead it's a, I get to because I want to because it feels good. That's a completely different way to get to a goal. The people that have to and should and need to, that feels, that feels really anxious to me. But when I get to, that feels like a privilege that I feel honored to partake in. We're both working towards the same goal, but one is going to be met with a lot of resistance and frustration while the other one is just met with self-care and compassion and grace. And it's amazing. So if you're frustrated with the old way, all I want to do is give you hope in that there's a different way to go about this. One that doesn't mean a whole bunch of restriction and talking down on yourself and beating yourself up. There's a completely different way to do this. One that feels honoring to your body and to your mind. And, and it just, it's there. It's ready for you if you want it. I know when we have a long list of things we should be doing, that can feel really overwhelming. And so for a lot of us, we're constantly having to start over, right? When we give ourselves this long list of things we have to do if we're going to be successful, all the foods we need to restrict, all the ways that we have to move our bodies on a daily basis, or um, all the work, the prep work ahead of time, it's too much. And then when we don't follow through, We have to start all over again, which is just so far from the truth. It's that all or nothing mentality, um, and it it doesn't work. And we've talked about that in countless episodes in the past. The fourth mindset shift that a lot of dieters uh, think, a myth, is that people who are successful do things perfectly, when in reality... People who are successful fail their way to the top. Now, I have used this illustration many times, and I'm going to use it again. A lot of times we think that failure and success are on opposite ends of the road. Think of yourself driving in a car, not with Parker. You'd be parked in a parking spot if you're with Parker. But (laughs) imagine yourself driving down the road, and you get to a T. And if you make a left, you go to the town of success. And if you make a right, you go to the town of failure. That's how we perceive things. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And you're either going to do everything right and be successful, or you're going to do something wrong and you have to go towards failure. When in reality, success and failure are on the same side of the road. You turn left for both. Success is just a little further down the road. This is not an all or nothing option. All right. Again, people who are successful fail their way to the top. They realize that the key is not to avoid failure. The key is actually to not give up when it happens. That is a huge mindset shift. I'm going to say it one more time. The key is not to avoid it. The key is not to avoid failure. The key is not to give up when it happens. 
you realize that failing is part of the process. You realize that when you fail, it's a learning opportunity. You realize, hey, what can I learn from this? And if I am ever in this situation again, how do I want to handle it differently? Failing is all part of the game. It's how we learn. It's how we always have learned in every part of our life. And so we have to give ourselves some slack and grace when it comes to this nutrition thing. You're not going to get it all right the first time. Nobody does. I think we've, we've kind of created this culture of, well, let me tell you all the mistakes that I made so you don't make them. You know what? Sometimes you got to make them because you won't learn any other way unless you have that firsthand experience. You don't know. We were watching, um, what was the movie? American Underdog. It was the Kurt Warner story, uh, the quarterback that played for the Rams. And you know, I think part of it was one of the lessons. There's many life lessons in that in that movie. It was really good, too. Great for kids to watch. So if you're looking for a family movie that everybody can watch, it's a good one. And, you know, part of it was he had to fail to fully appreciate and to to grow as a person and as a quarterback to get to the point where he was playing professional football. The things he learned in quote unquote the failure time periods of his lives were actually the ones that set him up for success. So again, we're not scared of failure. We embrace it, we learn from it, and we move on. But it is not about perfection. Um, I was telling you earlier you know, when you try to take shortcuts and just copy what other people are doing instead of actually solving problems, one of the, the qualifying traits of a problem solver is imperfect action. You realize it's not going to be great, but you're going to just go for it anyway, knowing that you're going to learn. I mean, my goodness, that's how I feel like running a business is. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. We just pick a direction and go with it and either it works or we learn from it and we pivot and we try something different I mean that's that's just how life is so let's go over those one more time all right so successful people that are successful with weight loss realize it's not about a goal weight it's about a goal life people who are successful work on changing habits over time they realize that they need to overhaul their mindset, not just what they eat and how they exercise. And finally, people who are successful fail their way to the top versus trying to do everything perfectly the first time. All right, so I want you to think about what, which one of those four mindset shifts speak to you the most. Which one do you want to work on? Which one needs to shift? Which ones need to be rewritten? Um, and what is one action step you are planning to take to make that happen? Right? I know the beginning of the year is coming, or depending on when this podcast airs, it might already be here. You know, what do you want to do differently so that you can be successful? How do you want to create a goal life for yourself, not just a finite experience that leaves you feeling frustrated over and over again. 
I promise it's available to you. And when you can make some of these shifts, it just becomes easy. It becomes less, there's less effort. I don't want to say it's effortless because that that's wrong. And that's not painting a clear picture of, or being fair to the people that do put work into things. You still have to put work in. But when you can change your motivation from a have to and a should to an I get to, it's a game changer. And I want that for you if weight loss is something that you're looking for. All right, guys, let's get to our recipe of the week. So this I found in the cookbook, Everyday Dinners. My sister-in-law got it for me for my birthday. And here's a real simple recipe. It's a chicken thigh with a creamy mustard pan sauce. And this is a recipe that takes no time at all. And what's even better is it's all done in one pan. So for this recipe, you're going to need a pound of boneless, skinless chicken thighs, a half a teaspoon of garlic powder, some salt and pepper, a tablespoon of olive oil, two tablespoons of unsalted butter, two garlic cloves minced, a small shallot diced, a third of a cup of dry white wine, excuse me, a tablespoon of Dijon mustard, a quarter cup of heavy cream, and three tablespoons of chopped fresh parsley. Now, if you're looking to cut out some of that saturated fat, go ahead and substitute half and half or even whole milk for the heavy cream. Honestly, though, I typically keep this in. It's only four tablespoons, and since this serves about four people, um, I keep it in. It's about a tablespoon a person, but if you are looking to lighten it up a touch, that's one way you can do it. You're going to pat the chicken thighs dry with a paper towel and then go ahead and season them with the garlic powder and some salt and pepper. Add the oil to a large nonstick pan. Alternatively, you could use a cast iron skillet over medium heat. And once the oil is hot, go ahead and place the chicken in the skillet and cook for about six minutes on one side, flip it over, and then another four minutes more. Uh, Basically, what we're doing is we're looking for the internal temperature to be around 165. And then go ahead and transfer that chicken to a plate. Next, you're going to add one tablespoon of butter to the same skillet. And once it's melted, you're going to stir in the garlic and shallot. Cook stirring often until the shallot softens about five minutes. Next, you're going to stir in the white wine and bring the mixture to a simmer. Cook for about five minutes and then whisk in the mustard and the remaining tablespoon of butter. Finally, you're going to whisk in the cream and turn off the heat. Stir in the parsley. Um, You can taste the sauce if it needs a little bit of seasoning at that point, go ahead and add it in, Um, but it should be good to go. And then, like I said, spoon it over your chicken thighs. You can serve that with some brown rice. You can serve it with some whole grain pasta. Uh, Even potatoes would be good. Absolutely delicious here. Uh, You choose what you like, but that is your recipe for the week. All right, guys, I hope you have a fantastic one. As always, if you need any help with nutrition, If you're looking for weight management, if you're looking for medical nutrition therapy, sports nutrition, eating disorders, I am going to plug Body Metrics for your nutrition needs because we have a very talented team. We have seven dietitians on staff who I am just, again, so privileged to work with each week. Uh, They care about people and um, you matter when you come into that office. We see you. We see your what you're struggling with, and we help you build a bridge from where you're at to where you want to be. And 
It's one of my favorite things when I get to help people reach their goals. It's just such an honor. Um, I love it more than anything. So anyway, guys, have a great week and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.